You're listening to Sobriety with Ari Eastman. Hey, that's me. Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of Sobriety with me, your friend. You know me, you love me, you hate how much you love me, Ari Eastman. Um, I have short hair right now. And if you follow me on social media, I feel like you know that because I am a demon right now. And I am so obsessed with this haircut. Listen, shout out to um, my hairstylist, my hair colorist, my hair, my hair goddess, um, Jess. She is fantastic. And uh, every time I get my hair done with her, like I feel like we just level up each time. Um, I'm loving the red hair. And now it's like kind of bob. It's like layered bob length. And I do think that chopping off my hair is going to allow me to enter a new era of um, just absolute delusion. Delulu, as the kids online are calling it. I think between this haircut making me feel like my mojo is coming back, going off of birth control, which I do think served me well for many years. Like I said in a previous episode, I don't have no babies. So it did its job. She did her job. We thank her for her service. Um, but in my now that I'm in my 30s, I don't know if it was just fucking with my hormones too much, but, you know, the libido has been missing in action for a really long time. And I'm sorry, this haircut is just so cute. I'm really feeling myself lately, and I'm just, I'm too young, and I'm too cute to not be horny. Also, sorry to both my mother and my aunt who listen to this podcast. I do have a bone to pick with the word horny. Um, I don't like it. The way that some people, you know, the sort of fake outrage that I feel like people had about the word moist. Remember when everyone just decided that it was quirky and funny to be like, you know what word is disgusting? Moist. Well, that's actually how I feel about the word horny. And listen, I've had to... I've had to adjust. I've had to cope. I've made my peace with it. You know, when people say it, it's not like I, you know, recoil in disgust because it is the mainstream word we use. What else are we going to say? But it, it, it has always, to me, sounded like when I hear horny, I get this like image of like the Monopoly man or something being like, I'm horny. Like, I hate it. I hate it. It disgusts me. It, 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 it. It actually, it, it makes me not horny. Um, and some words that I would like to uh, propose that we kind of use a little bit more often. Frisky. It's cute. It's fun. It sounds youthful. Um, even aroused. I don't mind aroused. I would rather someone be like, uh, maybe I wouldn't want someone to be like, I'm feeling aroused. Yeah, maybe, no, I take that one back. But there's just, there's gotta be, there has, I'm telling you, there has to be a better word for being like, for for, for telling someone you feel sexually charged. Because horny is just like, horny, I'm horny. I, I hate it. And I want to be horny. That's why I stopped taking birth control. Earlier, I googled sobriety and sex, and, um, well, wouldn't you know it, there's a book on Amazon called Sex and Sobriety, Facing the Fear and Building a New Sexual Life. <sighs> Should I buy it? I know I've done episodes talking about sex and hormones and 
you know, fears of all that and uh, that I'm in my, you know, it's like I had my sex before drinking, you know, it's like BC, AC, you know, so, so before drinking BD, right? So my sex BD, then I have my sex AD, and now I'm in my sex, well, I'm not in my sex, but you know, one day, (laughs) one day, I'll be in my sex uh, after drinking after drinking, after drink, after drinking the, I don't know, we'll have to figure out what the acronym for that one is, but, um, I was trying, I've been trying to figure out, like, okay, yeah, I blame my hormones, we're going off the pill, we're gonna see, we're gonna see what that accomplishes, and yes, I do have, like, I do have fears, I do have nervousness around, um, rituals and things that you know I've gotten so much better over these past four years at re um, framing what it means to have fun and to go out and I mean I'll go out with my friends and you know we'll go you know we'll we'll go to a, a comedy show we'll go to a bar you know and I'll be out until like you know two in the morning totally sober and like honestly somebody should give me an award I used to get really nervous and freaked out when I was younger about people expecting things from me. And I think that this is something that um, probably lots of people deal with in dating, not just women, but I think women, we can deal with um, this fear related to giving someone an expectation or an idea. And um, and it's like, yes, do, sure, you know, even if you know, like, oh, I don't have to do anything that I don't want to do. The reason that like internal, that pressure is still there, even if it's not being voiced by the other person is because there is still just like innate fear that we have to live with of, you know, oh, so what if I've given this person the wrong impression? Oh, what if I agreed to this date and then I meet up with this person and and then actually I don't like them? Or what if I thought I was attracted to them? Maybe I was attracted to them one moment and now I'm not attracted to them the next. And, you know, we have to navigate this fear that is based in real life violence that sometimes people face and not just sometimes like frequently women have to navigate it um and and not just women like you know um but you know that's my experience right um being a woman and dating men and I think that's part of why there is this desire to spend time with women and you know I've been trying to figure out like okay is that just me wanting to spend time with my platonic friends and foster those relationships or am I also wanting to explore things and you know would being able to be in a romantic setting with a woman and the safety that I might feel in that and whatever this is a longer conversation and my mom still doesn't really think that I'm bisexual but you know what I think that I am I think that I am um and I think that that has that is becoming more apparent to me in my 30s also now that I am an adult who isn't drinking because so much of my 20s were drinking and I was clouded and everything was just you know and I would chase after these guys and my mom would be like you're boy crazy I'm like well there's I can't, there's one or two people who I was truly like truly enamored with them but a lot of the other people that it's like oh you wrote poems about all these guys it's like yeah because I loved being a lovesick poet you know, I loved the, 
I loved the drama, the melodrama in that. And the, uh, I romanticized chasing after people. And I got a thrill out of that. I definitely got a thrill out of that. But then a lot of times when it actually became something real and tangible, I was like, eh, maybe not. But, you know, so, okay, so it's like all these like fears of people expecting things from me and not wanting to let people down and also being disappointed and like, you know, meeting up with someone. And then I think given the fact that I haven't felt like these sexual pulls and desires to be with people and I'm not like feeling like attracted to people, there's a fear of thinking something's wrong with you and feeling like you are fundamentally broken in some way, which is like, even if I were just asexual, which I don't believe that I am because, um, I, th- you know, I-, I just don't think I am. Obviously, that wouldn't mean there's anything wrong or broken with you, you know what I mean? But it's such a built-in narrative that we have because sex is sex is made to sex is made out to be super fundamental because it is in terms of you know uh, our species surviving you know what I mean but that then gets kind of carried over into all these other things and then you know you just some we carry so many like notions about ourselves that I think we don't even realize and so sometimes for me it's like oh why don't I want to go out and meet people because I don't want to go out and then meet someone and person after person being like, I'm not attracted to this person. I'm not attracted to this person. Oh, you know, because that feels um, kind of lonely and it makes you feel shitty. Um, but ugh, also, uh, I, I was also reminded, I was reminded this past week of this, the guy who probably of my lifetime I was the most infatuated with um like like just so infatuated with him I'm not gonna say I was in love with him because we were never together in a real legitimate way that I feel like um is what love requires um but uh so of course then I went just down this rabbit hole of just like thinking about him and thinking about uh you know my tortured heartbreak at that and then I felt a little like sad I was like oh I kind of miss that feeling because I've just been so peaceful and I think there is something that and this was way more in my 20s when I was like super depressed and anxious and drinking drinking was part of the cycle of of almost liking to be in pain a little bit and just keeping that going because the roller coaster is exciting like it it, that is you know it's giving you the dopamine when you're not really sure what's going to happen and you're you know like oh you're so lovesick in this it's like it's feeding that and I you know I'm pretty fucking stable now and I have been really comfortable with that and I think that um you know the other thing I think which is one of the reasons I'm like why I don't really why I'm like oh I'm in my little cocoon and I you know I don't want to like date anyone I don't want to like engage in anything sexual with someone again maybe this will change in like one month because I've been off birth control for like about a month so maybe in like three months I'm gonna be a fucking horn dog sorry for using that word again horn dog is also disgusting by the way let's outlaw horny and let's outlaw horn dog disgusting one of my mom's favorite things to say um shout out mom and she and I've always hated it and now I'm wondering if this is like part of why I hate the word horny so much 
ever since I was little, whenever she's like hungry, one of her favorite things to say is I'm horny for food. And it absolutely disgusts me. I think it's one of the most disgusting things. And every time she said it when I was younger and even now, I'm just like, it just makes my skin crawl. I'm I'm horny for food. Ew. Mom, if you're listening, please. Please. No more. But I really like have always been protective of having a space that's like my own and I even notice this like when I go out with my friends and stuff and if we're with people who are drinking or whatever um you know I'm comfortable talking to whoever but when people are drunk and they start getting kind of into your face and I'm like touchy like I don't mind someone like touching my shoulder or like with my friends that I love like we're very like you know grab their hands and stuff but when someone is drunk like someone you don't know and then they're kind of like leaning into your face not not in like a kissing situation but just to talk to you and they're kind of leaning into your face every time that happens I get very I'm just like get out of my get out of my goddamn bubble like move back and I feel that way with my personal space too like I you know, I don't, I, you know, I remember my, my ex-boyfriend who I was with for like two and a half years, he came over to my apartment, like mm, maybe, you know, maybe 10 times total. And I never let him into my bedroom. And I have, that is a weird thing I've carried over since I was a teenager. I just don't like, I don't like men in my bedroom. Like it's my bedroom. Don't come in here. And it's just, and I feel like I have this sort of protective thing where I'm like, why would I invite another person into this space? Like, this is my space. Um, Literally, I remember in high school, I don't remember if I've said this on the podcast before, but my high school boyfriend, who I lost my virginity to, I don't even know if he knew this, but I never let him go into my bedroom. And so, you know, I mean, usually we're, we're high school students, so, you know, we're usually fucking in the car we're usually having sex in the car you know drive the car down the street and park it in the you know the cul-de-sac the dark cul-de-sac down the street and you know fuck in the back seat um it's where I lost my virginity very uh very magical um but then times where like we would go to my house and if my mom was gone or I don't remember you know or sneaking or whatever I would bring him into the guest bedroom And we would have sex in the guest bedroom. And I think I probably, I mean, I would imagine at that time I just said that that was my bedroom. But it was this thing where I just did not want anyone to come in my bedroom. So we would literally, I didn't want anyone to come in my bedroom. Hey. Yeah, we would just fuck in the guest room. I don't really have sex in my own bed. And I don't know what that is. But I just, it, it makes me uncomfortable. I don't know. It makes me super uncomfortable. I gotta talk about this in therapy and not just on a podcast that my family listens to. On that note, takeaways from today's episode, stop saying horny. I think turned on is okay. Saying like you feel turned on or someone's turning you on, I'm okay with that. But th- but that's where I draw the line. That and, and frisky is cute, but I don't know if someone was saying frisky in like a genuinely sexual way. It would probably also bother me like, you want to get frisky? Oh God, no. It's all bad. It's all really bad. Okay. Love you guys. <laughs> Talk to you next week. Bye.